Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have Sylvie Sadif from Ram Ministries. Thank you for joining me today, Sylvie. Thank you for having me. Well, today we're going to talk about forgiveness. And we know that forgiveness is not always easy, but it is doable through the power of Jesus Christ. Talk to me today, Sylvie, about that. Right. So first thing I, I want to say is you may think that forgiveness is a very basic teaching. It's for sure something that is addressed quite often at church. And because of that, you may be tempted to tune out and assume you do not need one more teaching on forgiveness. You have heard it so many times, maybe, that you don't believe anything fresh could come out of it. But I want to encourage you to actually open your heart and open yourselves to what God may be wanting to tell you today through this teaching. And I can share with you a picture that God gave me recently uh, as I was vacuuming. You know, uh, just like many housekeepers, just like many housewives, I like to think of my house as being clean and taken care of. But recently we bought a vacuum that has a light at the end of a wand and that basically puts light on the floor. So sometimes I just vacuum routinely and because, you know, that's what I do at least uh, once a week or depending on the case. But even at times when my house appears clean to me and when my house appears to not be needing vacuum, I would do it. And I was shocked after receiving that vacuum, after starting using it, I was shocked at what the light would reveal and would show things I didn't know were there. And even as I would use the light at the end of the wand to vacuum the floor and clean it from the new things I discovered, then I realized that even the things that the light itself had not revealed, there were places that I would heard, I would hear the vacuum um, aspire, that it, it, it would take care, it, it would find something that even the light did not find. So what, what, what am I saying with that? I'm saying this is a picture of how God works in our heart. Even when we feel like we are clean and do not need another teaching on forgiveness, who do not need to be going through that again, sometimes when the light is being brought upon some situations, it's being brought on some areas that we didn't know needed the cleaning. And sometimes even as you don't even realize that the Holy Spirit is showing you something, he would do the work even without you knowing, just like the wand would, uh, or the vacuum would uh, take care of some stuff I did not know was there. The light did not necessarily show me it was there, but yet it was there, but it took, was taken care of by the vacuum. So that's my encouragement uh, as a starting point for you to uh, engage and stay with me during this teaching. So it's actually one of the most important teaching you may be exposed to. 3 John 1, 2 reveals that it's God's will that we prosper. 3 John 1, 2 says, I pray that in every way you prosper and enjoy good health as your soul also prospers. 
And forgiveness is one of the keys that will unlock your freedom and give you access to prosperity. That's why it's important that you uh, allow that that you, that you um, accept this teaching and accept to learn a little bit more about it. And first, even though it may not appear like it, let me state that learning about forgiveness is actually learning about spiritual warfare. We don't often see it this way, but yet it is. See, if Satan cannot get you to stumble or sin in any other way, he would get someone and maybe even a brother or a sister in the Lord, or maybe even your best friend to turn on you, on you or to hurt you and offend you. Remember, Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy. So consider that an offense is firstly an offensive of Satan against you. See, if he can make an offense efficient to hit and hurt you, then you your peace is suddenly stolen. Your joy is killed. As you find yourself having to process the issue or having to nurse the pain from it, then your time and energy that could have been used to enjoy the blessings of God in your life or work for his kingdom are suddenly redirected and lost. You find yourself having to nurse your wound in the military hospital instead of being able to be on the battlefield and fight the fight for God. The reality is we live in a fallen world. We are ourselves fallible. We are surrounded by fallible humans, surrounded by sinners. And so, yes, obviously, wrongdoings will take place and we will get hurt. And the hurts are real. Many of us have been hurt at various times throughout our lives. And the pain is real. The things that people have said, or done to us can hurt really bad and maybe for a long time even. So one reason we get hurt is hurt people hurt people and you've heard it before I'm sure. But consider that too we all come from different backgrounds, different educations, different culture. That means that we value things differently. We value behaviors differently. What you call respectful I may, I may not, I may call it disrespectful. We, our view of respect is different, for instance. And that's why all in all, most of the time, the offenders around us are not even aware of the pain they have inflicted upon us. As we are unaware of the pain and offense we may have inflicted. We are so oblivious ourselves to the pain we, we, we can afflict to others. Oh, it's no big deal. Oh, surely she knew I didn't mean to do that. Oh, surely that was the right thing to do, to do. And she or he knows that. We are really ourselves very uh, oblivious most of the time of the pain we inflict. Oftentimes even meaning well. But then I see also another opportunity for being offended. And that has nothing to do with someone's actions towards you or your actions towards them. It is when a person's life is an offense to you. Let me clarify that. Jesus, for instance, 
never sinned. But yet his life was an offense to the religious people around him. He was doing good. He never sinned, but his life was an offense. For us, what it may look like is you may be in a season of wilderness or maybe in a season of pain, a season of difficulties and trials. And there just happens to be someone in your circle that experiences at that time the very blessings you are needing. Or maybe you have been laboring for years towards a promise you had received and suddenly you have this other person that flows in it that is living the dream you had been aiming at. Someone enjoys a blessing you had been longing for and that is not yours yet. Someone enjoys a reward you were hoping for and they did not even appear to have worked for it, yet you have endeavored maybe for years for that. For women, it can be this friend that gets married after you, but gets pregnant before you right away as soon as they wanted to and yet you yourself you had been struggling for years to conceive that can be very offensive to you it's like salt being poured on your wound they live their life and the blessing but it hurts you it's offensive to you their life is an offense to you but really there has been no wrongdoing nothing is wrong with others being blessed and i have found myself in both sides of that reality when I moved to the U.S., that was the end of a very hard season for me. And I was finally experiencing a blessing, a breakthrough, reaping a harvest, collecting my blessings. God had blessed me as I was moving to New York City. He used heavens to pay for all my expenses since my company paid for my move. And so and so on and so forth. So, but during that time, I connected with a, a friend of a friend and we, we uh, were attending the same church. But for her, that season of her life was not as good and things were not as good for her financially. And I realized pretty soon that my situation, my blessing was grating on her and was very offensive to her. So I was on the good side this time but I've been also on the other side where I was in my season of wilderness and where I had this person enjoying the gifts the ministry the things I had felt called to displaying you know ease and anointing in gifts I had dreamt of when you are in your season of wilderness that can be hard to witness and that would really make me cringe sometimes thinking of that but nothing was nothing wrong was done yet I would feel offended because I could not reconcile that with for instance the efforts I had poured the the uh, you know what I was trying to how good I was trying to be and things like that so that that could be offensive and that's a reason for feeling offended sometimes situations like this can leave you feeling offended or offending someone, yet it's not because there would have been any wrongdoing in anyone's part. But then there is objectively actual abuse that may take place. You may be the victim of verbal, physical, emotional, sexual, even spiritual abuse. And 
if it's your case, you know, there are times like that where we experience abuse, we are victimized, but there's nothing we can do to change the circumstances. So really, that establishes the fact that offense is unavoidable in our journey. Now, now that we know that what we can change, though, is how we respond to it. So that to not grant the enemy what he was trying to get from, from you, right? What he was, we, we don't want to give him what he was trying to get from the offense, from the difficult situation he puts us in, right? So we're going to see how we can change how, uh, that we can change how we react to situations like that. The first type of unhealthy response we may bring, we may have when we are hurt, is that we may be tempted to build walls up around us trying to protect our emotions, trying to protect, you know, uh, us with the idea of not being hurt again. But really, like most of the solutions we come up with outside of God, what we meant to help us will actually turn defeating us. What we meant to protect us, ultimately, it will turn out as a prison that holds us captive. And this may have been done subconsciously and out of self-defense. Maybe one day you said, okay, I've had it up to here. I can't take it anymore. I'm not going there anymore. And I'm building that wall around my heart. I'm isolating myself from people to limit the chances, chances of being hurt again. But what that wall does is it keeps people out. You may have some people that you call friends, but really would be only acquaintances. You, you know who they are you, and you say, hi, how are you? And maybe three of, or four of them might break through that wall. And maybe this would be the limited number of people you allow fellowship with. But even then, there is a part of you nobody gets into. There is a part of you that you do not let anyone into. And the problem is, Neither will the Holy Spirit, because the wall you built was built out of your own self-will, and the Holy Spirit will not violate your self-will. A wall that keeps stuff out also keeps stuff in. The wall you built to keep out any more hurt keeps the hurts you already had in there, where they can fester if the Holy Spirit does not have access to them. And this is the place, one place that the devil would inhabit this, this uh, place in our heart that can become strongholds for him to frequent. So if you want to be a pure and broken vessel for God's use, I, I want to suggest that your prayer sessions with the Lord would include a time of asking God to uncover the secret hurts and offenses in your heart. The second type of unhealthy response we can have to offense is denying that it took place in the, in the first place. Especially as Christians, we misunderstand the encouragement to stay at peace with others as an excuse to deny how we feel sometimes in the face of an offense. If we don't really acknowledge the sting of the pain we experience, then there is no, really, there's no reality to an offense, hence no offense. 
it's the easy way to stay at peace and don't carry offense. It's denying it took place. If I don't feel pain, then most likely I didn't. I was not offended. So you're going to deny how you f yourself how you feel. You're going to deny your emotion in the case of an offense. Or you're going to uh, be downplaying it. It did not happen. It was no, no big deal. No big deal. And yet the pain is still here and the poison of unforgiveness still festering in your soul since the reality of the hurt has not been faced. And we can easily deceive ourselves thinking that something did not really hurt. But later on, we find ourselves making some kind of caustic statement about the situation of a person. And that would be a display of bitterness, criticalness, anger, maybe. But these are signs that there is some unforgiveness and something that has not been fully dealt with. But the, the, the thing is, as we're trying to shove down and deny how we really feel, it's like a pendulum that goes all the way, you know, on one side. We shove it down, shove it down. We repress it, repress it. But sooner or later, the pendulum goes on the other side with um, added strength. And that's how it is with emotions and pain and offense when we deny them. That's why doing these things or responding to offense these ways would be a, bit a mistake. That's why the first step to forgiveness is actually accepting the reality of the, of the offense that took place and the extent of it and what it did to you emotionally. Embrace and face the reality of all the emotions it triggered. And that can be hard. Yes, it is that best friend that betrayed me. Yes, it is my, the very one I trusted. This is actually what he did. Yes, this is my father, the one who should have protected me. But that is a healthy starting point is indeed to face the reality of what you've gone through and of the emotions that were triggered because of that. And then with that knowledge, with the knowledge of that reality, you work the forgiveness for any and all of these aspects. So then the Bible gives us clear instructions on how to be free from the consequences of an offense. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourself be cheated? If we are to die, die to ourselves, why not decide? You know, Satan had meant to break me through this, but I choose to allow it to make me more broken before God. And it is also a way to honor God by your faith, believing that he sees everything and that he's just, that he vindicates and that he is ultimately the source and provider of everything we need, that he would meet you in your emotional needs, that he would meet you in your, emotional, in your need for emotional healing, that he would meet you for um, justice. And I also believe that exper experimenting being treated wrong gives us a good reality check of how good and mature our emotions are. In Matthew chapter 6, the disciples ask Jesus how he should pray. And verse 12, he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Verses 14 and 15, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. 
So not here, but there are no conditions or exceptions of trespasses. And also note that it doesn't say if you don't forgive, God may not forgive you either. It says God will not forgive you. And that's kind of a, of a flip side of the second condition to the salvation, to our salvation. Receive Jesus' sacrifice, but also forgive anyone and everyone so that our Father can forgive. He can for, I, I see that he can forgive us of the two conditions that we received the sacrifice of Jesus and how this reconciles us with the Father and that we ourselves would forgive others. Jesus did it all on the cross, but to receive salvation, we need to acknowledge and accept his sacrifice, receive God's forgiveness. But for it to take place, based on this verse, we also need to forgive our offenders. And because forgiveness through Christ is the cornerstone of our reconciliation and relationship with God, this is why Satan attacks our capacity to give and receive forgiveness because it is crucial in our relationship with God. And that's why he provokes us to indulge our grievances and hold on to our bitterness. Oh, the person who did this to you did not deserve, does not deserve to be forgiven, and we believe it. But let's talk about deserving then. We often justify ourselves saying it's not fair, it's not justice. Huh. But we tend to forget all about justice when justice is less favorable to us. Was it justice when Christ was nailed at the cross, slowly losing breath in our place, experiencing excruciating pain for three days? How fair was that? Do we have an issue with how unfair it was? Do we have an issue with the fact that this was not just? He had never seen, he had only done good on this earth. We do not aspire so much to take his place at the cross anymore. We do not seek justice, justice that much in that regard anymore. And yet we are so prone to claim, this is not just, this is not fair. This one is not deserving of this. Is justice really what we want? We don't jump to claim it's not fair. I should have been there on the cross. We don't, we don't protest or accuse our boss accusing him that we should be paid less, maybe for not having given as much work as what we signed for, maybe not have been as conscious and um, good about working the way we're supposed to or the way we are expected to by the, the boss. What about uh, our actions on the road, driving? How, how many times do we know that maybe this time if... Uh, there had been a policeman, if there had been a trooper, I would have deserved a ticket. We don't go running after troopers demanding that they give us a ticket. And yet so many times, if justice is what we want, we should be granted the ticket so many times. Well, Sylvie, we are out of time for today, but let's end the broadcast with prayer and we'll air part two of this interview next week. 
sure. So I would suggest the listeners would repeat after me as I'm going to lead you in prayer for release and forgiveness. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus in obedience to your word. I choose to forgive everyone that has hurt me in the past, willingly or in ignorance. And I choose, beginning this day, to be a forgiving person. As a child of God, I will forgive and release love to these people. Lord, please bring to my mind every person that I need to forgive. And right now, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you that you would help anyone listening to identify every person that they need to forgive. Show them the person or persons they need to forgive so that they can be set totally free this day. And as he shows you the person you need to forgive, release them to, to God. Some of them you may be arguing with God right now. You are saying you cannot forgive. You are saying you don't know what they did to me. To me. But let me say, yes, you can forgive. Just choose to forgive. And remember, you're not saying that what they did was okay. It was not okay. It was never okay. What they did was wrong. But you still need to forgive them and release them to God. And now, now, Lord, I ask you to come into each and every one of these situations and of these memories and heal the pain as they have stepped in faith to forgive and obey you and trust you with the outcome. I pray that you would heal the pain of everyone that has prayed this prayer, everyone that has um, been willing to trust you with the outcome. I pray that you would bless them, that peace would be restored in their hearts, that revelation of truth even would be brought in these situations, in these memories, that you would speak your truth, God. And I pray that from now on, you would become more real to them, that this would be the uh, beginning of the rest of their lives for a journey of further healing further freedom, further revival in their own lives. I, press, I bless each and every one of the listeners today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Sylvie. And thank you, listeners, for joining me today. Welcome. Tune in again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments. <laughs>